702. The UK Report with Adam Gilchrist. Hi, Adam, the frozen girl. Tell us about this. I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated. Morning, John. Yeah, a lot of uh, front-page headlines about this girl. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but what we know is that this has only come out after her death, so it's, of course, tinged with a whole deal of sadness. But at the time when she was terminally ill and still alive, this 14-year-old girl basically took her fight to the High Court that she should be cryogenically frozen and have the right to be cryogenically frozen in the hope that one day she could be brought back to life. The argument in court was that when technology and indeed medicine caught up with her case in a hundred or two hundred years or however long it took that she could come back as she put it, this girl had a rare form of cancer, as she put it she didn't want to die she knew she was going to die and therefore she wanted the right to have another chance at life and ultimately her father had disagreed although an estranged father and he lost the case the mother won the case and the court has ruled that yes absolutely she can have the right although it's not as simple as that because her family then had to pay for it and her family are not well off they managed ultimately through the grandparents to raise thirty-seven thousand pounds which is a fair old wad plus of course there are only three cryogenic centers in the world, two in America, one in Russia. So getting in isn't always that easy, as it were. But from this, apart from the heartbreak of this 14-year-old who sadly is no longer with us, there's also the whole deal that no case like this has ever come before a British court before. And so the judges were saying, well, maybe we actually need to have the whole deal of cryogenic preservation put into law because at the moment there are very few sort of safeguards and very few procedures to to make sure that it happens properly unbelievable story and can you imagine if they managed to kickstart somebody who'd passed away can you imagine what that would do to the whole concept of death that's a fascinating uh, story Mm. adam and we spoke about drones yesterday they seem to be taking over the world and you got a near miss yeah, absolutely. Um, this uh, from a pilot's report, uh, a passenger aircraft over London. I mean, it's one of those deals where it's not even like over the countryside, but over central London, about a mile up at the time. And according to the pilot's report, uh, a drone came within 20 meters of his Airbus A320. 20 meters isn't a near miss. That's a very, very near miss. It really is. It's that close, isn't it? And according to the pilot, this drone passed just above his right wing and then his right tail fin. And all Although nothing happened, and ultimately, yes, everything landed and everything was fine, the drone operator wasn't found. Nonetheless, there is a deal here that in the UK, just in one retailer alone last year, 15,000 drones were sold just to this one re- through this one retailer. And yes, the vast majority go to law-abiding, well-behaved citizens, but what about the slightly dodgy odd few? How close are we getting to not a near miss, but a, but a near hit, as it were? Interesting. And I see a soccer team and players are in the news once again for the wrong reasons. Yes. Uh, at the same time that, that FIFA is now announcing that they will begin some sort of proceeding against the English and Scottish football associations for the wearing of the poppies, they are going to take action, we are told. The England football team are in trouble from the English Football Association for going out on the Raz. This happened between a World Cup qualifier and a friendly, albeit a friendly, but nonetheless they were on England duty and they've been told that in the future they must not go out on the town. Ten players went to a nightclub, Wayne Rooney went to a wedding. Wayne Rooney is also so apologised. On the one hand, it's rather extraordinary that professional athletes have to be banned from booze somehow. But on the other hand, do you know what? Given England's abject soccer failure over the years, most fans 
have to watch the games through a kind of alcoholic blur. Maybe it would help <laughs> if the players were doing it as well. <laughs> I think Alf Ramsey had the right idea. He told him you can go out and have two pints and that's it. I remember Terry Payne telling me about that. And that was when they won the World Cup. Oh, for those days. Thanks very much indeed, Adam Gilchrist from the UK.